Hey, this is Daniel, and you're listening to Rushing Forward. Today we have Siora, a software engineer currently focused on Python and cloud engineering. She also happens to be a learner advocate at egghead.io, a coding teacher at BSD Education, and an instructor assistant at Code with Clossy during the summer. Did I say all of those things right? Yes. Okay, that's great. I mean, this that's a good start. I usually butcher something <laughs> in the intro. <laughs> No, that was perfect. Thank you. I mean, that I think it's a sign. <laughs> All right. I mean, your intro is pretty interesting. Like the first thing that hits my head is like, what is a learner advocate? So a learner advocate is actually really similar to what a developer advocate does. Um, just probably on a more um, basic level, because usually a, de- a developer advocate has a whole lot of, well, not a whole lot, but has some... Um, more software engineering or web development um, experience. So a learner advocate, basically like the Egghead IO um, platform has a bunch of courses for web developers. So what I do is um, I'll take the courses um, and I'll take notes on the courses and I'll um, help like spread the word about different courses and things like that. And also there are weekly workshops that are led by industry experts. So sometimes I'll attend those um, those workshops and I'll try to participate as much as possible. And I'll also um, give feedback to uh, to the, the people leading the workshops, um, the instructors and things like that. So it's it it has a lot of parallels to like developer advocacy in that. Um, you kind of promote the product in a way by putting yeah. yourself out there and being involved in different um, community communities online. So yeah, basically that's more or less what I do for Egghead. Well, that's pretty interesting. I yeah. haven't really like I understand what Egghead does. I've checked out a few of the free courses and like. Mm-hmm. I'm really intrigued by the whole concept of screencasting because I think everyone's got like different ways of learning. Most of the content that's out there is quite, it's written. Um, and I think that visual aspect brings a new dimension to how people learn. How have you, how, how did you get into the role? Okay. So I love telling this story because it really shows the power of um, social media and especially Twitter for anybody involved in tech. So I, um, A few months ago, I had like taken a super long hiatus from writing on Dev.2. And I finally put like after I think like six or seven months, I finally published like another article. And the article was titled um, something like like mistakes I made my first year learning to code, something like that. Um, Yeah. And I published it and I was like talking about it on Twitter just to get more people to read it. And one of the co-founders of Egghead um, commented under my tweet and he asked if I wanted to give um, a talk about the article I wrote on the Egghead platform. So like every now and then they'll have um, guests come and they'll give a talk about whatever their 
um, field of expertise is. So he asked if I wanted to do that. And the talks are usually like 15 to 30 minutes. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. So I filled out the form. Um, yeah. I filled out the form. And it's like, it's funny because it took me a really long time to fill out the form because I was like second guessing myself. You know how imposter syndrome is. And I was, I actually like sometimes at one point I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this. Like, this isn't for me. But um, yeah, eventually, yes, eventually I filled out the form and then somebody from, uh, someone else from the company contacted me maybe like a week later um, and he asked if I was still interested in giving the talk and I said yes. But when I was filling out the form, I had noticed that they have um, a position, like you can be an instructor you can be someone who gives a talk. And then they also had listed learner advocates. So I asked him about it. I was like, I'm interested in this, le learning more about this um, learner advocate position. So I scheduled a Zoom call with him and here I am. Hey, all all I, through I, Twitter. I'm all for shooting a shot on Twitter. I mean, I, I used to be much better at doing it, but I've had like this whole break where I don't know, social media hasn't been making sense to me. But, I mean, that's... <laughs> That's it's it's lovely to see that, and I really tell everyone who's getting into tech, why well, try and tell them that Twitter is such an amazing um, platform to be in. It oh, has yeah. just so many good people sharing so many yeah. nice things. I mean, congratulations! How long have you been Thank there? You. So I started in April, so it hasn't really been that long. Um, just well, over like a, a month. month ago. Yeah. I'm really shocked. I know what month this is. Time is, <laughs> time is moving so fast. That, yeah. That's amazing. That, that, that is really cool. And Thank you. What, what has been your tech journey? How, like, what's that been? Is, is oh tech something goodness. you used when you were learning to code? So it, I think I had like used one of the free resources for like something with CSS before, but I hadn't really used it often like I knew about it um I followed like the egghead account on Twitter and that kind of thing but I never I didn't use the platform that much um but yeah. going back to your question about like my journey into tech um it's been super like not straightforward <laughs> like um which I think it never it, is to be honest. yeah <laughs> I think that's like the norm for most people um I used to yeah. think I was like weird for like going back and forth and taking breaks that were months long and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I guess I can say, wow, my journey in tech, uh, I was, when I was in high school, you know, when you're like a high school junior or high school senior, everyone's thinking about like, Oh, what are you going to do for a career? Like, what are you going to major in in college and all that kind of stuff. And I had, I was kind of familiar with what like computer science was, but not really. Like I like technology. I like math and science. So I thought, you know, maybe that's an option for me, but I wasn't like a hundred percent sure. And anyway, like my junior year of high school was like the worst year ever. <laughs> like I, my, my grades are just horrible. Like, I don't know. I think, um, I had switched schools. So I was like having a hard time transitioning. Like it just was not a good year. So I was kind of like, okay, because and my grades were like my GPA went from like my tenth grade year like I'm not even joking because I just found um all my records from high school and I saw like my GPA and I was so shocked to see how uh -huh. like the jump from my tenth grade year to my eleventh grade year tenth grade my GPA was a four point oh seven 
Eleventh like grade. Out of, that's out of five. No, it's actually out of four. But I took like um, AP classes, and AP classes are worth a little bit more. Oh. Okay. So you get like extra, and then my junior year, eleventh grade, my GPA went from a four point oh seven to a two point one because that's a my grade. It is. It really is. So I was, and you know, when you go to college, like they look at your junior year, they look at your SAT scores, they look at all that from junior year. So I was like, okay, college is off the table. Like I, and I was like not communicating with any of my school counselors. Like I just, if I could do high school over again, I definitely would because there were so many things that I did that just were not, they just weren't good moves. So I was like, okay, college is off the table. Like that's not going to be something for me. And so I kind of like put um, computer science as a, like a field for me on the back burner. And then I think the summer of my junior year, so between junior and senior year, I had met, um, I don't know if you know her, she's pretty active on Twitter. She's a founder now. Her name is Naya Moss. I had met her through some mutual, yeah, you should follow her on Twitter. She's awesome. I met her through some mutual friends. Um, and she kind of, she was a, I don't know if she was a software engineer at the time, but she was kind of telling me about it. And she was like, you don't have to go to, um, you don't have to go to college to be a software engineer. Like you can definitely self-learn or you can, um, go to a boot camp and things like that. And so, um, that's when I kind of really thought about it seriously as a move for me. And she sent me like a bunch of resources and in all honesty, I really didn't do anything with it. Like I wish I would have um, taken some of the things she sent me and like actually used them, but I didn't. So, <laughs> but the good thing was that my senior year of high school, I had some, um, I had like an HTML class, HTML, CSS class, and then I had a C++ class. Um, so I kind of got a feel for what coding was kind of like. And yeah. then, this is going to be a long so story. That's, that's, that's like, no, it's fine. So that's like basic HTML. Like, I remember having something similar in my yeah. in my, my senior 12th grade where we'd, we'd use like the Margie tag and just like let data and do like old school 90s websites where yes. there's, a, there's a bunch of, what do you call them? Marquees, I guess. Yeah, but that was yeah. fun. Yeah, I really didn't was. pay attention to it at that time either. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I took it. I just wanted to pass. Like, honestly, yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. So, um, but that this, the summer of my senior year, like I wasn't going to college. I wasn't doing anything. I was kind of like, just, just, I don't know what I was doing, but I had signed up for um, Co with Clossy, which is, a program in the United States. Um, it's a nonprofit organization where they host two week camps across the country. Um, and in those two weeks, they either, you can either learn how to make a website or you can learn how to make an iOS app. So um, I applied and I got accepted to the program. And I learned, um, again, I learned HTML, CSS, and Ruby in two weeks and we made websites. And I had like so much fun and I really realized that like I had a knack for um, coding and like designing stuff and I really liked the problem solving side of things. So I decided like, okay, this is something that I really want to do. But then 
after that, okay, you decide, I decided I wanted to do it. Then it was like, okay, so how am I going to learn how to do it? Like, am I going to go to a boot camp? Am I going to do this? I don't have any money for a boot camp, So I decided to try to self-learn, but it just. And how did that go? <laughs> it was, it was, self-learning was like tough because I didn't have the discipline or the focus, especially those first few months. Like I, September of 2018 I had just finished the camp and I was like I kind of like put everything on the back burner and my goal at that point was I need to find a job like I don't I definitely want to learn how to code but I need to do something like learn something now that I can find a job with because I'm not a rich person like I need I need to have something Yeah, yeah so what ended up happening was I got started in digital marketing. Um, my friend who I told you that um, introduced me to tech in the first place, Naya Moss, she has started her company and she needed somebody to help with like social media and community management. So that's what I decided to do. I decided to help her with that. And so um, my first year out of high school, I pretty much um put coding on the back burner and focused more on digital marketing. Like I still did, I would like start from the beginning, like start from HTML and CSS and then take like a four month break and then have to relearn HTML and CSS again and then take a month break and have to relearn it again. So I was just like, it was a really like two steps forward, two steps back, two steps like that kind of thing. Um, yeah. For like a and whole- then when, when, when did it click that this is something this is something I should probably pay attention to and build a career in. Like when, when did that come up? So, um, what ended up happening was summer 2019, I went back to call with Clossy, but this time as an instructor assistant and I was teaching the, um, I was helping to teach the iOS development course, which was super hard. But I realized, again, I really liked, like, I really liked to code. I liked helping the students, like, debug their code. I really, because sometimes we would run into these really strange coding errors. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. But I enjoyed, like, the, you know, that feeling you get when you finally solve a problem. Yeah. And, like, you get the solution right. And it's, like, the best feeling in the world. Like, I love that feeling. So that's what I kind of realized. It's, yeah. it's very fulfilling. <laughs> yeah, and it's super rewarding. So yeah. I realized that that was something I really, really liked. So then I was like, maybe I should focus less on digital marketing and more on coding, like get more into that. Because, I mean, digital marketing is still something that I really like, but it didn't it didn't give me that, like, I don't know. I, I didn't have that spark whenever I did it. So um, that's when I decided to, like, take coding a little bit more seriously um so yeah that's what and, i've and been what trying to that? do did you go into like web development because i know you 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 love python always love too much of yeah uh, an exaggeration no love is perfect for python <laughs> um so mm, maybe so what ended up happening was again i tried to get back into web development um and, and instead of like going back to the HTML and CSS, I moved on to just JavaScript. I was like, I'm not going to go back over that again and again and again. So I decided to get into JavaScript. And I was like making pretty good progress learning JavaScript. And then um, 
in November, I applied for a scholarship through Udacity. Um, they had a program for, um, the scholarship was either for, I think, data analytics, cloud engineering, and then the other one was, um, I think the other one was like deep Hold learning or something there. like that or something. Yeah, something, uh, one of those. Yeah. And maybe it was, but I applied for the cloud engineering um, scholarship and I got it. And um, the thing about cloud is that it plays a part in web development, especially when you start to get into back-end development um, as far as yeah. like, uh, the whole serverless concept and everything. So I felt like, okay, this could like fit in. And then I determined that um, Python was, after like some research, I t determined that Python was like a good uh, language to know when you want to do cloud engineering. So that's when I started learning Python. And then I fell in love with Python and now it's my favorite coding language. Same, I mean, my journey started with Python also. So I got into Python. Okay. I've had like a quite a similar experience. I did a lot of Android development, mobile development, because you know it was the in thing at that time. Yeah. Then I went into like Python and like Python because um so I did I did computer science in college. I did the whole four years, but I was I still see myself as self taught. Yeah. Because like there was like studying programming to pass, and then like somewhere it clicked that hey I need to actually start enjoying this, and then <laughs> that's what I started doing like android stuff and getting into python so machine learning was also really huge at that time so i really got sort of in depth in in machine learning and python just that it makes sense it was just so easy to understand yeah it, like it was it was it was so easy to translate thoughts and ideas into like actual code and like programs yeah. that worked and i still use it today it's my favorite but a lot of my work now is around javascript so yeah. I mean, not that there's like any competition or conflict. I still really love both for what they what they bring. And I mean, like for you talk about cloud technologies, like what what does that look like? Is is it like so, um, total backend engineering with like serverless functions and um, SRE site reliable engineering site reliability engineering? It, like what aspects that it does it encompass? So for me, when I, um, I'm really focusing more on like, like, uh, AWS and, yeah. um, like more back end stuff with when it comes to cloud computing, like I'm still trying to piece everything together and, um, really figure out like where I want to fit in, in the whole like developer ecosystem. But, mm -hmm. um, the thing that like is super interesting to me is that um is that like instead of i like how accessible cloud computing makes like having full stack apps especially like for um smaller businesses or people who are like a one person company because before you know you had to have like your own servers and it costs a lot of money to maintain those servers like um I was trying to explain how like cloud computing works to my, my parents. And I was explaining to them, like, you know, when your computer gets super hot, you have to do whatever you can to like cool it down so that it doesn't like, you know, explode or like mess everything up. And so yeah. imagine that times like a hundred with a bunch of servers, because 
you know, they are dependent on like the, the condition of your servers is dependent on a lot of different things, including like temperature, location, like all that kind of stuff. So that's expensive. So what cloud computing allows you to do is it allows you to bypass all that and you just um, rent out space on someone else's servers. And then yeah. um, the the cool I mean, thing is that, sense. yeah, yeah. So I find it really interesting. Um, honestly, I'm still trying to like piece everything together. Um, and like get a more in-depth understanding, especially like of the AWS platform, because it's like so much on there. It's so interesting, can, yeah. It is, it is. It's so, so much. Like it's almost a little bit overwhelming, but I'm trying to like work my way up to get my um cloud practitioner certification. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I think if I like, if I schedule my test, if I schedule my exam, it'll like force me to, really learn the concepts <laughs> since I know yeah. like a hundred dollars is riding on it. So yeah, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> it does. Um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about something you said. I've never really thought about cloud computing from like the accessibility um, point of view where it makes it much easier for people who wouldn't necessarily have access to all these physical devices and yeah. servers and compute power. I mean, I've just, like, I think it's just been something I've got used to and I'm like, okay, it's there. And I'm assuming, okay, it's always been like that. But I mean, yeah. if you think about it, actually, it, like how much easier it is to actually have a full stack application, online working, scaling. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, wow. Okay. It's like a whole, like so many dots connecting. And like, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned like you're trying to piece it all together. You must have like a vision of where you want to be. Or like, not um, your cat. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <It's so> <laughs> um, let me, I'm going to like take her out of here really quick because she's like being annoyed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but um, could you repeat the question? Yeah. So you said you're trying to piece it all together, right? Yeah. Do you have an idea of like what, what you want to be, let's say, or where you want to be career-wise in the next, let's say two three years um i'm like still trying to figure that out because i'm one of those people who finds like everything super interesting so um it's hard for me to yeah it's hard for me to like pinpoint where i want to be um in the next couple years but like uh the cool thing about like python and cloud engineering is that it's kind of like uh easy to transition i feel like to a lot of different um, like avenues in tech. So, for instance, like when when it comes to uh, cloud, a lot of times you're dealing with like servers, and then you're dealing with like databases, and then anytime you're dealing with a database, means you're dealing with data. And so, yeah. um, when it comes to data, I think data science is super interesting. I think um, machine learning and like uh deep learning is super interesting so that's something i've been thinking about but uh i mean for me since i don't have a cs degree or like um any kind of like stem degree i know that a lot of times with jobs for like data science and stuff like that they're looking for people with that kind of experience so i also have to think about like 
barrier to entry because that is like a real thing. I would hate to like dedicate a whole lot of time to uh, to learning to something and, to, and then not see yeah, it, uh, right exactly. It's supposed to. Yeah, that is true. It's something I did notice in um, sort of the data science and um, Python community, not necessarily Python, sorry, like data science and machine learning yeah. community, because like it's it's so scientific. There's I don't want to say like gatekeeping or anything, but there's a lot of there's a lot of um, paying attention to people's achievements, academic achievements, and then it's like. Yeah very correlate academic achievement to um like proficiency in that technology which i guess makes sense but yeah there's there's they don't leave much room for people from non-traditional backgrounds yeah which i think is something that needs to be improved on but i mean it's, yeah. it's really i think it's really good to think about that when you're thinking about all the things um that you might want to get into later on i mean now that i ask you that i'm trying to like ask myself what I see myself doing in like the next two, three years. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> this is a, um, yeah, that's about, that's about you. So what are you, what are you learning? What are you learning at the moment? Um, so, oh my goodness. I feel like I'm like all over the place. And one of my like biggest tips when it comes to learning is like to focus and to not mm -hmm. spread yourself too thin. And I never follow that advice myself. Um, <laughs> but what I'm learning right now is, of course, like I'm still in my cloud computing um, program, which I honestly need to dedicate more time to. Oh, but, so you already booked like a date for your exam? Oh, no, no. But oh. the Udacity program I'm in is still going. Like I'm not finished yet. I haven't like. How do you balance everything? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, I'm like, uh, honestly, I really don't even know. I mean, I, I try, well, first of all, I don't, I'm really horrible with keeping up with like my friends. So I don't have much of a like <laughs> personal life social, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like social life. It's I guess like you could a say. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, the good thing is that my friends understand, but right now, like I'm, especially since like. Um, quarantining anyway like it's not like I can do a whole lot with them anyway but um, I'm kind of like even with my friends and fr like with my family as well I'm like okay you guys like I love y'all and everything but I need to like focus on like getting all this stuff done um, and I don't like like I really don't watch a lot of tv like I don't keep up with a lot of like um, with a lot of like television or, or any of that stuff that no, aside from like the weekends no, no secret Netflix show I mean, I, it's a huge distraction. So I have to like prioritize, especially, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have my Parks and Recreation binge watch marathon every Saturday and Sunday. But during the week, I'm like in hard focus mode because I've got, I've um, stuffed my uh, schedule to the brim, which I guess is like not good. Um, but, yeah, but I think that helps you like, do the stuff actually because yeah. i know i have a problem um i have a huge problem paying attention so yeah uh like if i need to get stuff done i need to have like a set out structure and i oh i'm, I'm always on focus mode on my phone so like no yeah. no notifications all my social media apps are 
done, locked. Yeah. And then I can work. Otherwise, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah, same. <laughs> same, like, same here. I use, I also use the Pomodoro technique. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Yeah, I, I have this app called Forest. It's sort of a play on it. You sort of yeah. plant trees. And then, yeah. That's a really good one, but I'm 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 trying to get the discipline to stick to it and tell myself that I need to actually set the timer and do the work. <laughs> yeah, like, I the only have... time that I just start right and um yeah I I I would be like let me just take a walk or let me open yeah. the app and then that's a bad <laughs> rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> but I try to um I tr- and another thing for me is like I'm super um. And this is why like self-learning was so hard for me is because I, I have the type of personality where I need external influence, like to help me to feel accountable. Like I'm never accountable just to myself. So like if I'm, that's why like when I was learning on my own, it was hard for me to stay consistent because it's like, oh, well, nobody's going to know if I skip like coding today. But um, I've been trying to create like to kind of work with what I know my personality is like and I try to make myself accountable to other people so like if that means like someone like even for um, my work at Egghead like if I know someone is relying on me finishing something I'm gonna get it done or um, even like that's why I'm also a big proponent of like learning in public is because if I feel like people are looking at me for motivation to like keep learning Python or to keep programming their whatever application they're making. Like I'm going to try my best to be consistent too. And to like, Mm -hmm. um, show that I'm making the effort to like build projects and finish projects and things like that. So, um, that's another thing I try to do. So, okay. No, you're fine. I've seen around, um, but I haven't properly understood how to reap the benefits I'm supposed to from it. What is it? What's learning in public? So learning in public is basically like, um, to simplify it, it's like anytime you share what you're learning with other people. So mm-hmm. um, that could be 100 days of code on Twitter. If you're like every day consistently, oh, I'm working on this project. Today I, I made this progress, yada, yada, yada. It's basically whenever you share what you're learning or what you're doing with others, whatever medium that is. So I try to share like, oh, I'm working on these notes or um, I just learned this new concept in Python. I'll share that on Twitter. Also, another great way to learn in public is um, to write articles, which I try to do. I'm going to, I'm trying to work my way up, like my confidence up to writing more like tutorials um, mm-hmm. and kind of get out of that mindset that I have to be an expert to write a tutorial. But Writing is a great way to learn in public. Some people stream and they'll stream themselves like um, learning something new or like working on a program. Um, People make YouTube videos, like all that kind of stuff is considered learning in public. And the great thing about learning in public to me too is that um, a lot of times when you're learning in public, you're almost like teaching what you're learning. And when you teach what you're learning, it kind of solidifies it for you. So I think teaching is a great way to learn um, a concept yourself because if you're going to teach it, you kind of feel like you need to know uh, the information enough to be able to communicate the concepts in an understandable way. So that's why I really, really like um, learning in public. I'm not like great at it, 
Um, I definitely could do a lot. No, better. I think you're doing amazing. I think you're doing. Oh, thank you. I I'm um like I I do the article part of learning in public. I guess I've done quite a lot of writing in the past. Like ever like since the whole quarantine thing started, I've been doing a lot of writing. So it's like a a blog post a week, and oh, good. I think that's really good. I'm yeah. just I don't think I'm doing the like the in public part enough. I have this thing about promoting my work or or having to tailor conversations or start conversations around things that I'm doing. I think that's where I need to improve on in my learning in public. I don't know where that came from, but I think um yeah, but the whole approach is something I I can vouch for also. You know, the yeah. best way to learn something is to try and teach it. Cuz you don't like to me, I'm like, I don't want to embarrass myself. If I'm going to put something out, right. I make sure that I, like, I do the best I can and like leave no spot unchecked. And like, right. this is something I know. And then I'll be able to put it out because people are mean. People <laughs> yeah, are mean. I know. <laughs> so I used to do oh, this yeah. thing. I was, I was going through my Reddit and I, I used to do this thing. Like when I put an article out, I would put it in like web development. And that was like a year ago and I haven't done that since because people would post so I think like the last comment I saw was um what is it with front end web developers and putting emojis in their articles <laughs> and I think that, that I know like on that was like the only comment on the art like on the post and I was just like I think it broke me <laughs> but oh I mean, my yeah. gosh that's horrible uh, yeah, I mean, but Reddit is Reddit, so... Yeah, yeah it's notoriously toxic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like like you said, it forces you to feel like, okay, I really need to make this as thorough as possible. But at the same time, I don't think um, the fear of criticism should like become so strong that it stops you from putting your information out there or like putting that article out there or that video or whatever. Because there's always going to be like somebody, like you could be a web developer who's has 20 years of experience and like you're one of the like best experts in the field and there's going to be somebody who has something to say about it like regardless so at the same time I try to like have a, a bound like instead of letting that like stop me I still try to like go forward with it but like I've gotten some comments on my articles where like um I know one time I wrote a two-part article about like building a a responsive nav bar. So the first part was building it and the second part was going to be making it responsive. And under the first part, somebody like commented like, oh, this isn't responsive. And I was like, yeah, like we're going to make it responsive in the next, in part two. Like you got to, that's the whole point. <laughs> like, yeah, like, so, like relax. Read yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, you're going to get comments like that regardless. So, yeah. um, I try to like not think about it, but it does hurt your feelings a little bit sometimes when like yeah. someone is like, well, actually, but yeah, it's just, it just comes with it, with the territory. Yeah. But I mean, being open to positive criticism is always good because then it's, it's an opportunity to learn. I think that's where the whole yeah. learning in public thing comes from. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's something I, I need to, to do better. Um, but yeah, I mean, besides like the whole learning in public approach, how do you actually learn? Um, like what, what format works for you? Um, I actually, um, 
one thing I, I'm a visual learner. Mm. So um, it's really important for me to like draw things out when I'm learning something. So one new thing I've been doing is I've been doing a lot of like um, doodles and things like that, uh, which are like kind of childish. Yeah. yeah, but they help me to they help me to like visualize um, some of the more abstract coding concepts. Like um, I just revisited um, slicing in in slicing a list in Python because for some reason like it was not clicking in my head so what I ended up doing was I ended it I ended up um drawing a little doodle of a burrito and like literally slicing it up <laughs> and I like that is, um, is that on your Twitter I can't see that oh no I haven't posted it on Twitter yet but uh maybe I will but I like to do doodles like that um uh-huh. to I need to see make it. things <laughs> I might share that one. I mean, I just did one for uh, I just did one for a sequel course I took from Egghead, um, mm-hmm. which was like there's a command you can use to match patterns, kind of like with a rejects kind of thing. And I use yeah. like a little um, a little doodle of like if you want to find. Um, a string that's exactly the same if you want to find one that starts with the same letter or if you want to find one that starts with the same letter and like has the same amount of um like figures in the string that kind of thing um so i posted that on twitter but yeah um so yeah anyway (laughs) that's a long way to say something really short i i like to draw things out and also um I'm a huge note taker so one of the things I like to do is um I like to use lots of questions in my notes so yeah active recall is basically um the learning technique of when you like okay when you take an exam and the question asks certain questions like the question asks you something um for you to figure out what the answer is, that's called active recall. So you're actively trying to recall the information based on the question. So it's kind of like an exam style of note taking because um, studies show that like active recall is one of the best ways to learn something. So I try to like write my notes in that kind of format. So instead of saying like uh, a list in Python is such and such, I'll say, what is a list in Python? So that it forces me to actively think like, okay, a list in Python is uh, a collection of Python kind of thing. So that's how I write my notes. Um, I plan on writing an article all about that one day, sometime soon, hopefully. (laughs) Just because I- I'd love to read that. I think it's something I need to try. Yeah, and I think it'll it'll help a lot of people kind of be more effective with their note-taking and like learning and stuff like that. So yeah, that's basically- and I like, I read articles. I try to read articles and like um, watch videos and stuff like that. But I also like to build stuff. Like I'm trying to build a, um, I'm trying to figure out how to build a chatbot with Python. I don't know what the chatbot is even going to do, but I feel like that's a really cool po- project to like have. Or um, one of the first things I built was like a little simple rock, paper, scissors, shoot thing. And like, um, I like, to do that because it allows you to like um, really you put to use the things that you're learning, like make direct application of whatever you're learning. Yeah. 
a great way. I, to I love building also because I think it just cements all that information because it's something you've actually done and it's not just something you're reading. Yeah. And for the chatbot, I think Twilio has a really cool tutorial on building a chatbot with Python. Oh, cool. So you can you can add um, like a WhatsApp integration if you want or use the WhatsApp mm-hmm. API rather. That's cool. So I mean, sort of wrap things up. What do you wish you knew when you were learning or when you were getting into tech? Um, I think I wish I would have um, had a better idea of um, some of the learning paths you can take. Like there's much more to tech than just web development. And then or even like there's much more to tech than just front end development. Like I can, you know, I wish I would have knew that, that those were, there were some more options for me. And then I also, um, one thing that uh, I tweeted about this not too long ago, like I'm starting to realize now how little diversity there is in tech, um, which yes. I don't know, I think I was like, that is- yeah, it's like a big deal. And I, I think I was kind of living in a little bubble, like, um, the peop- the person who introduced me to tech was a woman and she was a black woman. So I just assumed that like, oh yeah, cool. Like there must be like other black women and other women and other black people, period, like in tech. Um, and even like the camp I went to when I first really learned how to code was an all girls camp. So I, I just assumed that that's how things that, work. There was, yeah. you know, an even amount of everybody but now i'm like starting to see that that's really not the case and i don't even feel like i'm really in the industry yet because i haven't technically had my first like real software engineering role so um i'm just going based off of what i've noticed in like online communities and on twitter and it's a little like daunting sometimes but i try to not let it get to me but that's definitely something i didn't realize at the beginning, I think I was just in my own little like bubble and it's kind of been burst. <laughs> yeah, so. I can relate. I, I can relate. Like getting into the online community, just like it gives you so much, um, it, it exposes you to a lot of what's going on around the world and yeah. it takes you out of your bubble and you're like, oh crap, there's a lot more going on. Things aren't yeah. as nice as, um, as it should be. And, and yeah. I mean, why why do you think people should pay attention to that to the problem of diversity um well one of the main reasons is that tech is like such a huge part of our society today and the you can make like a substantial living with tech so obviously we need to like have more people involved in it like more people need to have the chance to be able to take care of themselves and their families and like, you know, prosper. And then because like everybody uses tech, everybody uses apps and websites and Facebook and Twitter. And um, if we're creating a product that is going to be used by everyone, the people who are making the product need to reflect the audience, right? Like we've heard stories of how AI is not detecting darker skin and things like that, or, AI is interpreting darker skinned people as monkeys, like that kind of thing should not be happening. And I think one of the main reasons why that kind of stuff happens is because the people in the room planning the app out or planning the feature out or building the feature don't look like us. Because if I was on the team, I would make sure that it wasn't pushed to production. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that was tested out, you know? So um, that's another big reason. Like we, we need our products to be built by people who look like those who are going to use it. So this, and like, even if people, like if a, uh, whoever like leads the team or the founder of the company, like if your humanity doesn't push you to have a diverse team, then like the market value should like, you're going to make way more if you make a product that can be used by everybody. If, if just being a good person and like wanting to have yeah. a team isn't enough for you, you know? So yeah. Then at least think about the business aspect right. of it. Yeah. yeah, totally. I, I definitely agree. I think it's, 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 um, it's something I, I like to see more of, uh, yeah. not just like diversity in terms of like all aspects of diversity. I think it's, right. It's nice to have everyone represented and even just that feeling of representation is super um is super uh important. I think I've I have one really I don't want, what type of memory is this? It's it's a really good memory of the first time I spoke at a big conference, right? So I was out of the country and it was there were only a few people who looked like me. And after speaking, I was so nervous. I prepared so well. I think I gave a, an okay presentation, or maybe I'm being too harsh on myself. I think I did. I think I did amazing. Yeah. And like a friend walked up to me and he's like, "Hey, like I loved your talk and everything, but what I want to thank you for is telling me that this is possible, being where we are, and being the only people like us. I didn't yeah. think it was possible for." for us to be able to present to so many people and be that um, just being able to present and articulate yourself that well yeah. and just have that presence. And like you doing this has made it, you know, it's, it's, it's made it click in my head that there's so much more possible for me. And like, I was almost, like, even now thinking about it, it just makes me so sentimental. Yeah, I totally understand. Like that's so true. Representation really, really matters. Like yeah, um, and, really, and and that's something I'm trying to. I think in 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 my community here, that's something I'm trying to to improve. Sort of like yeah. people like it's it's. I have I have mixed feelings about it, yeah. but there's so I'm from Zambia, and there's not many people who are in tech because. To them, it isn't something that's viable. And for me, I see succeeding for me is success for everyone because then people can say it's something that's possible for us. And like you yeah. said, in in like um, a profession or uh, a field that really has the power to change a lot of people's lives, I think it's something more people should take up. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and like going back to learning in public, like that's another benefit of it. Like, um, because I, I always, I, when I first started out in tech, like I was on Twitter, I was on like, I was kind of involved in a couple tech communities, but I wasn't as present as I'm trying to be now. Cause I'm always thinking like, there could be someone out there, um, a woman or a black woman or a black person or whoever, somebody who looks like me, who could be watching me and them seeing me like do my thing and talk about Python and be present and be on podcasts or do whatever could be yeah. encouragement they need to like get involved or think that it's a possibility for them. Cause I know that's how it was for me. So um, amazing by the way, have I mentioned that? 
<laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. I'm trying. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important and not that like, um, I don't want to paint diversity as something that's supposed to divide because it's definitely not. Like it's not supposed to make people feel bad. It's just yeah. supposed to be for everybody. Like everyone should have a hand in it. So yeah. Definitely. I think this is the perfect note to end on. It's yeah. been amazing chatting with you, Ciara. And if, if anyone wants to reach out to you online, where can they find you? So I'm on Twitter. Um, my username is Ciorio, that's C-E-E-O-R-E-O underscore. And I also have a website. That Oreo? Is that yeah. intentional? Is yes. Is that like a favorite snack? Yes, it is. I love Oreo. Um, <laughs> it kind of goes on my name too. So I thought I was pretty clever when I came up with that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is pretty clever. <laughs> and also my website, sierra4.com. Okay. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on, Sierra. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Rushing Forward. Send us your comments and suggestions at malgamves, M-A-L-G-A-M-V-E-S, or Codecast ZM.